From the capital city, I'm Jordan Lewis. The USDA Forest Service joined Action Line yesterday. They are seeking public comments. Animal Special Uses Permit Administrator spoke to proposed increased fees. We're here to talk about fee increases for recreation sites on the Tongass and the Chugach National Forests. We have proposals for 18 sites on both forests, one on the Chugach and 17 on the Tongass. The one on the Chugach is for a new cabin that is being built and will come online at the end of the summer, hopefully. And then the 17 on the Tongass are a combination of some new fees for new rec sites that have recently come online. There is a cabin that is proposed to be built soon, and so that one is on there as well. And the others are increases to already existing fees. McDougall shares why they are increasing fees. We have the new sites and, and we need to get those fees out there and approved by the public as well as our Forest Service leadership at both the regional level, the Alaska region and the, the Washington office level because it's been a number of years since we've increased fees at some of these sites and our costs have gone up greatly and our goal is to provide high quality services and sites for the public that want to use them and the demand for these sites is growing. Rachel Weston explains the public comment period. The comment period went live on Memorial Day weekend just a few days ago, and there is a public comment period for both the Chugach National Forest and the Tongass National Forest. So the Chugach National Forest is going to be accepting public comments on their proposal for a total of 60 days. So you're going to have up until July 25th to make your comments, and they have, as Don mentioned, one fee proposal in their list this year. Tongass is going to be accepting public comments for a bit longer, actually. We're going to be accepting public comments for 128 days on the Tongass, so you have up to September 30th to submit your public comments on the proposed fee increases there. The main reason for the Tongass comment period being a bit longer than the Chugach is that there are several sites on the Tongass, including some wildlife viewing sites that get a lot of visitation later in the summer. She walks someone through how to submit a comment. The first way is online. So the Forest Service created a pretty nifty interactive map that has a list of all of the sites across both forests as well as the fee proposal. And you can go into that map and submit your comments directly. You can find that map on the Chugach or Tongass National Forest websites. If you just Google their homepage, it should take you um, to their homepage. It should be right there in front. The websites uh, for the Tongass and the Chugach also have information on how to submit your comment via email or by regular old-fashioned snail mail if you prefer. And and the final way to submit your comments is in person. We always welcome members of the public to visit any Forest Service office across the region uh, during normal business hours, Monday through Friday. Yesterday in Anchorage, a jury found Jordan Joplin guilty of murdering Dr. Eric Garcia using a fatal dose of liquid morphine. Joplin, age 38, was convicted of murder in the first degree, murder in the second degree, and theft in the first degree for the March 2017 death of the 58-year-old Garcia. The case was prosecuted by Assistant Attorney General Aaron McCarthy and District Attorney Mark Clark. The Ketchikan Police Department conducted the investigation. Sentencing for Joplin is scheduled for October 5th of this year in front of Judge Wolverton. He may be sentenced to a term of imprisonment of no less than 30 years and no more than 101 years. And weather permitting, from June 1st yesterday through Saturday, June 3rd, Seacon is scheduled to operate an excavator and a 10-yard dump truck and loader on Glacier Highway from Renegar Street to the bus stop in front of U-Haul between the hours of 8.30 p.m. and 9 a.m. The permit does not allow unreasonable noise disturbances after 10 p.m. or before 7 a.m. on weekdays and before 9 a.m. on weekends. Coming up next on News of the North with Jazz Garrett, U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski took part in a Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee hearing to discuss the need to support working families and child care workers. 
And Jeremy and Rochelle came on to Capital Chat to talk about Juno Gold Rush days. Those stories next on News of the North. You're listening to News of the North. U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski took part in a Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee hearing to discuss the need to support working families and child care workers. And in my state right now, 61%, 61% of Alaskans live in what they call a child care desert. They have nothing. So when we're looking for, for workers from everything, from slope workers to teachers to, to doctors, I'm having... I'm having I'm having workforce issues in other spaces because we don't have access to childcare. During the hearing, Senator Murkowski referenced numerous Alaska-specific challenges within the childcare arena. Community of Valdez, the terminus of the Alaska, uh, Alaska pipeline. Got a great little hospital there. They're trying to get some providers. They got some nurses that are lined up to come and they find out that the only licensed child care facility in all of Valdez has closed down and there's no plan for it. The Coast Guard says if we don't have child care there in Valdez, we're not so sure about the viability of, of Valdez as a Coast Guard community. Child care is not only a, a workforce issue, it's a military readiness issue. Senator Murkowski calls child care imperative and says they must do more to address it. What, what children, what families are being charged for one kid, $1,700. You tell me, you tell me how a family who's a teacher and a firefighter is, is finding $1,700 for their one kid. So it's not only child care deserts, it's the issue of, of affordability. I'm told that on average in Alaska, families pay $982 per month for child care. But again, that, that varies. So I, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, there's, there is a role here. There is a role for us. Jeremy Whitmore and Rochelle Lindley came on to Capital Chat to talk about Juno Gold Rush Days. That event will take place June 17th and 18th this year at Savico Park. Lindley gives background on the celebration. This is our 31st annual Juno Gold Rush Days. Juno Gold Rush Days is actually a nonprofit organization. The mission is really to educate people about Alaska's rich history of mining and logging. And to do that, we throw a big party for two days in the summer where we've got mining and logging competitions, kids carnivals, local food vendors. This year we'll have live music, beer garden. So just a big celebration to celebrate Juno's history. Saturday is Mining Day and Sunday is Logging Day. These are some of the mining events. So on Saturday, we'll we'll get everything kicked off with opening ceremonies about 9 o'clock in the morning, and then the events uh, will start at 9.30. We have jack leg drilling, 12B overshot mucking, then we have spike driving for uh, men's and women's, and then we've got some hand mucking, which is all physical work that, you know, it's uh, something that they've done for years and years in the mining industry. Now mining's more modern, but this just brings back the history um, of what mining used to be and what brought mining into Juneau and what built Juneau. Lindley talks about Juneau's mining history. There were tons of mines around the area. I know for Kensington alone, within the five mile radius of where our modern mine is today, there was 16 operating mines back in the late 1800s. Um, and here, kind of in the city of Juneau, two of the largest mines were the Treadwell and AJ. Um, Treadwell, at the time, employed 2,000 people at the mine, and that's where Gold Rush Days 
event sits today. So it's kind of cool to tie that into, you know, we're here today, but this is also where all that mining was happening back in the late 1800s. Whitmore says the goal is to bring family-friendly events back into Juneau. When it first got kicked off with Jerry Harmon and David Stone, the big thing was just bringing back to the community. Um, And one of the biggest ways you can do that to bring people together is create these events, whether it's Gold Rush Days or creating a softball game. You know, and early back on when Treadwell and AJ were up and running, they kind of had the same thing, but it was with a baseball game. And so the two mines would compete against each other on the 4th of July, and the mines would actually hire professional baseball players to come work for them in order to play in the baseball game. So we just wanted to kind of bring that history back into, you know, the modern era of where we're at in 2020. 23. The event is free and takes a community-wide effort. As a nonprofit, they rely on business and community member contributions. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jazz Garrett for News of the North.